have happened. Well, the pod's losing power, and her life signs are fading. Coming up, Picard and Riker find themselves out of options as they make a desperate attempt to escape the clutches of a superior adversary. I will take your money, and they'll take your head. Rafi gets in way over her head to uncover the terrorists responsible for the attack on the Federation. So you could be the hero who saved heroes. Or you could be remembered for being the captain who let two legends die. Seven of Nine is relieved of command. I told you, do not engage. And a Star Trek fan favorite heroically comes to the rescue. All this and more coming up on the Star Trek Picard edition of Energize. 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 We're jumping to warp speed with Jean-Luc Picard and the Star Trek Next Generation crew. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Picard podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the final adventure of Admiral Jean-Luc Picard and the Enterprise-D crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Riker, Picard, and the crew of the Titan find themselves outgunned as a new and mysterious villain emerges. Meanwhile, Rafi's unseen Starfleet intelligence handler blazingly rescues Rafi as he eliminates her attackers at a razor's edge. Is Jack Crusher who he says he is? And is his life worth jeopardizing the crew of the Titan? Here's a Warp Speed recap of Star Trek Picard Episode 2, Disengage. Unidentified vessel presently targeting all ship systems. What the hell just happened? Well, the pod's losing power, and her life signs are fading. Sir, Admiral Picard and Captain Riker are in Commander! They dug their grave, they took you with them. Hold your position, LaForge. Sir, you could be the hero who saved heroes. Or you could be remembered for being the captain who let two legends die. Red alert! Helm, hold position. Bring those two back on board. Captain, I'm reading four life signs. Bring them all on board. Good afternoon. I am Captain Vadik. You have one hour to hand over Jack Crusher. Turn your back to run. And the only way you'll see the shot that kills you is through the hole in your chest. All right, Steve. So we already had a really great first episode of the season. The set, the stakes were set, and now we're in a jam with Riker and Picard. Immediately, they go backwards. They go back two weeks before Beverly's distress call to Picard, and we we see that set up. Hailing frequencies open. This is Jack Crusher on Mariposa Medical Vessel designation Elios 12 on approach to Sanya Prime. Confirming orbital entry. So we find a very cavalier Jack Crusher, you know, Beverly's son, at the helm of the Helios coming into orbit around the planet. So the Helios is intercepted by several ships, warning him that he has violated the planet's airspace, which is a a quarantine zone. Helios, you have violated our airspace en route to a designated quarantine zone. 
provide the Federation access codes or surrender for inspection. Well, yeah, and he's like, listen, I'm I'm here to help. I've, I've got some vital medicine and, and there's a lot of people down there, you know, suffering from a pandemic. He used that word, which is, of course, Star Trek always, you know, mirrors what's going on in our lives. And he's like, I, I'm here to help. You got to let me in. You, the, more people die as you stall me. This is a medical vessel delivering medical supplies to people who are medically in need. I'm not buying it. I'm really not buying it because he's too cavalier. And um, I, I just, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, where's Beverly? Right. I, I kind of did because I, I thought, first of all, we know he's Beverly's son. And the way he kind of works it with them and the way he says, look, I got nothing to hide. He starts showing them all the goods and it's all medicine. Yeah. So he's boarded by the authorities and, you know, he's made aware of the violations that have been made and they're, you know, not really letting up, but then he bribes them with weapons. I give half to one warlord, half to another, and pew, pew, pew. It's bad guys shooting bad guys, and we've helped refugees by curing a pandemic. Oh, mon ami. Yeah, well, the other bribes didn't work. <laughs> They're like, you tried to bribe me. And yeah, like, Romulan Ale didn't quite Romulan work. Ale, exactly. And so I'm like, okay, you are, are you a smuggler? Are you an arms dealer? What are you? And so it's really casting doubt as to, you know, who he really is. And is he a good guy or a bad guy? But then again, he is Beverly's son. But then at the, at the second point, I'm like, okay, well, would she have raised a rogue son? Well, but this is the thing that I loved about, and I told you this last week, this is what I loved about the initial episode, which is the first thing she says is they found us. And to me, and I said this last week, I'll say it through the rest of this season, that to me is the best thing you can start a series with. Oh my God, they found us. Like, okay, so what's that all about? (laughs) And so we're going to go backwards and find out why are they on the run? Yes, Beverly Crush is a good person. However, we found she has not been talking to the rest of the crew for 20 years. Who knows what's happened to her? Yeah, and they've made it very clear that many people have been chasing him. It's not just one person. So I'm just like, okay, what has this... What has this kid done? What has Beverly done where you have a whole assortment of various uh, uh, people and entities wanting to come after you? Reach out to the marked woman. We found him. So he gives them the weapons. And as they're leaving, um, one of the authorities radios to someone and he says, the mark, you know, please let the marked woman know that we have found him. The we found him. woman? Right. Yeah. So who who is that? More mystery, right? And the other thing I love about this, just to, to wrap this section up, is that if you're not wearing a Starfleet uniform, it seems, in Star Trek, you're a renegade. Seven was a kind of a marauder, renegade person. Now Beverly and her son apparently are also. So uh, I'm just like, you know, what kind of life have Jack and Beverly lived over the past 20 years it seems like a very very edgy life yeah i agree with that like i said does being out of starfleet and on the edge require you to do some shady things we're gonna find out power level at 13 percent who is it out there i don't know first it was fenris rangers then klingons a day later we've been running for months so then we jump back to the present day 
and and we're on the Helios, and this huge menacing ship is yeah. poised to cut them to shreds. Right. And you know, Picard, they're they're stuck. Right. And he's like, you know, maybe you want to tell us why they're here. And and Jack doesn't have a clue. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know. And I'm just like, you're just on a worldwide tour pissing people off. So, right. you know, <laughs> nefarious activities are us. What do they want? We have to find out. But first of all, we have to make contact, strike an accord, negotiate. And, what, and what's so funny is you see Picard kind of fall into his old routines. He wants to make contact and set right. up negotiations. <laughs> so by the book, and Jack is like, dude, we're dude, about no idea to get you... wiped out. <laughs> That's so funny. Computer, threat assessment. Unidentified vessel presently targeting all ship systems. Probability of destruction, 100%. He runs his computer and now the computer's like, dude, you're going to get like, you know, stomped on. 100%. You'll be destroyed. We're in a race against time. Beverly's hibernation pod is running out of power and she's wounded. This is what I love about, you know, the ticking clock. And you you get this through this entire episode. Lieutenant Tavine, get me a full diagnostic scan. I'm reading photonic activity along with energy signatures I don't recognize. It's definitely a vessel, Captain. And it's packing. We go back to the Titan, and they're picking up that there's a threatening vessel. They're scanning this nebula, and they realize that this thing is not a pleasure cruise vessel. It's packing a lot of firepower, (laughs) but it's right outside of Federation space, which means they can't really engage. So Seven suggests going into the nebula after Picard, but Captain Shaw, you know, immediately shuts that down. Sir, Admiral Picard and Captain Riker are in Commander Hanson, we are outgunned, and I am not going to risk 500 souls for two relics who think that a couple of brass medals make them golden boys. And may I remind you, it's it's Commander Annika Hanson, so that's who she is right now. Yes. 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 But she's seven to me. I know. That's sweet. So the whole bridge crew just kind of like basically does that when you look, you turn to look over your shoulder like, are you kidding me? You're going to you're gonna leave them behind? And this is also something I'm noticing with these later iterations of Star Trek, and that is there's a lot more tension on the bridge. It's very Crimson Tide. So I love that they're, they're doing that. It's more real to me. They dug their grave. They took you with them. Hold your position, LaForge. Shaw continues mm-hmm. with his his insults towards yeah. Picard and Riker, and he's like, you know, he, I get the fact that he doesn't want to risk the crew, but then he right. turns around, and is like, the golden bo- the golden boys have dug their graves. Yeah, and right, like, exactly. Wow, wow, that <laughs> well, you really are letting your personal feelings towards them really cloud your judgment. I think, but I, I gotta be honest, in a way, I get it. When he said last week. Listen, you guys, I loved reading your stories about how stupidly you risked your lives and your crew. But the truth is, Admiral, you're retired. And Captain, you don't have a post. And so I'm the man. And I I don't know. There's something about Shaw that I love. He's such a good foil. It's really great. Yeah, I love that he's brazen with his, with his attitude and his comments. But I just would never disrespect unless disrespected. 
but he felt disrespected. Don't forget that. He felt like, <laughs> hey, true. you know, you're boarding my ship without notice on some weird inspection thing that I don't know about. I have spent years cleaning up after Riker, making this ship, you know, white glove test proof. And you, you, you know, fossils walk on here and start, you know, trying to show your muscle. Forget it. Yeah, but there are different ways to approach that situation. You could have done a pull aside without outright insulting him in front yep. of others so I, I i give the middle finger to <laughs> shaw for that seven is really trying to appeal to him and he just outright dismisses her from the bridge yeah. right I mean, he is so condescending to her and i assume that her being his number one wasn't his choice and my first question is okay what's she gonna do now she's already diverted the ship to you know outside of federation space against orders now what is she going to do now that she's been dismissed? We need to get a medpod to your shuttle now. I'll prep the docking bay. We go back to the Helios. You know, Jack is trying to ready the shuttle. And what happens to that shuttle? It gets destroyed. And, and they don't really explain it much. But it seems to me that whoever this is in the ship knows what they may be thinking. Hey, they might want to escape on this shuttle. Let's just knock that sucker out. And boy, do they. And clearly they want something because if it was just about getting rid of him, they would have yeah. blown the ship up. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's something to this. Beverly's son? Just something familiar about him. And so while this is going on, <laughs> you know, right before that happened, you know, Riker is constantly jabbing Picard. And he says, uh, doesn't Jack bear some similarities uh, to you? Well, yeah, he's like, don't you see what I see? Do you see what I'm... I'm like, dude, just either say it or don't. Why is he goading him in a really kind of vague way? What the hell just happened? Well, the pod's losing power. And her life signs are fading. We need to get Admiral! another type. Change of plan. We just lost the shuttle. So these four guys are basically now trapped. Yes. On the ship. Yeah. And they're up they're up a creek without a paddle. <laughs> Which <laughs> is scary because um what are you gonna do now? So Picard gets, you know, smart, but we'll get to that a little bit later. We'll figure that out later. Today the Federation looked on in terror at the Starfleet recruitment building, a symbol of peace and hope to many, was destroyed in an unprecedented attack. <laughs> Meanwhile, we, we rejoin Rafi and she's watching the news about the attack uh, that we saw last week in the building that was destroyed. Yep. You know, after we taped last week's episode, I, I kept staring at that, that face of the, of the red lady and it, it dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute, that looks like, you know, Rachel Garrett from that TNG episode, Yesterday's Enterprise, which was one of my top five episodes of, of Next Generation. Agreed. It was all of our top five episodes, and I didn't catch it last week either. I'm not positive that they did that because the attack happened so fast, and so for them to to re-emphasize that it was a Rachel Garrett statue, of course, all of us get it immediately. And, and why is she red, though? Is it because she died in battle? I, that's what I want to know. Sources within Starfleet suggest that the dissident, Rock Toluco, leader of a Romulan rebel faction is responsible. Yep. And and to our surprise, they've basically said that they've caught 
the person who did this. Right. And so, you know, Rafi's been talking to this handler who we think is a human, but has a very computerized voice. And I don't know. I, you know, she's like, she starts to question things, but really she's just suffering from the fact that she wasn't able to, to save those 117, 118 lives. Yep. And so she's pressing uh, her handler that, you know, we need to keep digging. But then all of a sudden she gets the order that, you know, the, uh, the Federation has shut it down. Which is so strange. And, and this is the this is something that always bugs me, because whenever, you know, there's a Section 31 story or there's a infiltration of Federation, I always get bummed out because I really want the Federation to be pristine. But I think that's impossible. Oh, it's completely impossible because if you're a Boy Scout, you can play by Boy Scout rules, but you've always got to have an enforcer because if you completely play things straight, you will lose. They're pawning this off on the rock to Luco? A Romulan trigger man who's never made it to anyone's most wanted list? I think Raffi isn't buying it because she's like, don't you think this is too convenient? Like, oh, this happened and they automatically caught somebody. And by the way, that that recruitment center being destroyed remind me a lot of uh, Star Trek Into Darkness when the library archives was destroyed. If you go back and listen, it was the same screams that they used uh, in Into Darkness. I noticed it immediately. Why are you hamstringing me? What do you know that I don't know? Do not engage. So she wants to continue the investigation. The handler tells her to disengage. Thus the title of it. That's the title of it. And it, yeah. it feels it feels so like, wait a second. Who are you? Like, Rafi's the only one who really cares. And by the way, she was the only one who figured it out and got there in time to witness it. That whole thing. And I started thinking, well, is she being set up? Is she part of this? Like, what's going on? So so she's she's not taking no for an answer. And the handler warns her that you'll be the 118th person that dies if you do not disengage. And she's like, that's fine. I'm going to go. <laughs> I want to meet you now. There, there's no way I'm not going to, to follow up on this. Lieutenant Mora detected weapon system activity, presumably targeting Picard's unarmed shuttle. So it will be noted in my report. Sir, they could die if we don't help. We we go back to the captain's ready room and Shaw standing in there. And Seven goes in to change his mind about uh, mounting a rescue attempt. The thing I like about this is I think for the first time, even though Shaw is... <sighs> a jerk and we know it there's something about him and I, b believe me i do not pick shaw over picard and seven and riker but there's something about him that says hey man you know i'm not the cowboy screaming yeehaw and riding into danger i you know i keep my crew alive i keep my ship clean and he's sitting there wrestling with his own conscience like this is a really hard thing for me and she walks up to him and starts appealing to his ego. Sir, you could be the hero who saved heroes. Or you could be remembered for being the captain who let two legends die. It's your call, sir. 
Yeah, she basically says, you could be the hero that saves heroes or be the captain that let two legends die. Your call. Your call. Exactly. Right. And, <laughs> and do, do you want to live with that? Because, because it's true. These are living legends. And soon they'll be eternal legends. What's it going to say if, you, if you're the reason they died? Exactly. Who wants to carry that badge of dishonor? Right. It's a, it's a great move. She's very smart to do that. I like that. Seven is growing. It shows her air. You know, it shows that she's evolving as a person. Maybe being in Starfleet, and I think you know, we we argued about that last week. Yeah. Like you don't believe that she should be there, but I'm like, no, this don't. is part of her evolution. This is part of her growth. So you know, I, I, the more, I, I, the more I, you know, <laughs> the more. But during Voyager, she was surrounded by Starfleet. Now, granted, she was breaking free of her Borg persona, but to me, it's a backward step to go into Starfleet because it, it, it forces her into rules and regulation. And we see this under Shaw. She's like, I'm caged. This is not who I am. Does the legendary Admiral have any ideas? I'm not strategizing. I'm safeguarding. Against what? Against that. Transport inhibitors. So we get back to the Helios and Picard, you know, in his years of experience and infinite wisdom <laughs> smartly right. places transport inhibitors around the bridge and which is very very yeah. next generation by the way oh yeah totally totally yep. and just as he's doing that they try to beam jack out yeah and it doesn't work and now we know who they really want but that means next they're going to come after us and boom there they are they can't get you out they're coming in warning Gravimetric lock detected. Hey, kid. Throw me one of those plasma charges. Enemy transport countermeasures targeting docking bay. They show up. Yep, a boarding party, and Riker throws a, a plasma grenade or plasma charge at him and kills yeah. them. Tractor beam. If they can't board us, they'll make us board them. Hull bridge on deck two. Emergency force fields in place. This giant mammoth of a ship puts yeah. a tractor beam on them and attempts to pull the smaller ship into their cargo bay. I, I'm just I like, love this. this. Is nuts. I, it is nuts. And I, and what I love about it is, and I'll, I'll be brief about this is the, the graphics and the CGI this year are the most beautiful I've ever seen in Star Trek. Strange new worlds came close, but just what they've done in the last two episodes of Picard is glorious. I love it. I love it. And it enhances the experience. Warning, power levels at critical. Total power failure imminent. Wow, it was nice meeting you. There's just a brief moment of levity. Levity. Uh, Jack tells Picard, nice meeting you. <laughs> that was great. Is he saying nice meeting you, dad? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Because they, they know. Everybody knows what's going on. We know it's coming. I even think Jack knows it. That's a good question. Does he know that's his dad? I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. I do. I've got movement on the sensors. What the hell is that? Sir, tractor beam is broken. Red alert. So the ship is being pulled into the bigger ship, yeah. and all of a sudden the Titan flies in between the two of them, breaking breaking the tractor beam. Which was which was stunning, and yet shades of, you know, there's an Enterprise coming in during the Borg, very Deus Ex Machina, perfect for Star Trek, 
You know, it was gorgeous, really beautiful graphics. I need something. I know you're still connected, and I need an intro. To Sneed, the Frangie broker. Are you out of your mind? So we go back to Rafi, and she's going to meet up with her well-connected father to her son. This is a guy that we have not met before, but they establish immediately that, you know, how's our son doing? And he's just not having it. And he's like, are you even clean right now? What do you, what do you want from me? Yeah. And it was great to get some insight into her, her personal life before seven. So we, we know that she has a kid. We know that she was in a relationship before and this person's not happy with her. And it just, it feeds this idea that she's always been on the fringe. Uh, Drug addicted, um, problems with whatever the law might be i can understand where you know how this ex might feel yeah. towards her right he even says it he says it to her it's like she's like i'm close to finding out what's going on he's like isn't that like you this is what happens before you lose it yep and so she wants him she wants to use his past connections uh to 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 get to sneed this ferengi and he says you know yes but, uh, but I'm going to only give you a choice here. I have to talk to Gabe. Or I'll talk to Steve, but I will not do both. Right here. Right now. Make a choice. You can get into your son. I can help you get back into your son's life. Or I can give you this information. In that moment, when she had to decide and couldn't say it out loud... I was like, that's the most perfect Rafi moment I've ever seen. Like, that was her gift, and she gave it to all of us. I thought it was just majestic. And you can see that she's torn. I mean, what what would you do? Save billions or save one? What do you do? And my thought when that was going on was, I lose my son temporarily to save the opportunity to get him back later. That's how I saw it. Status report. We got all four. Injured civilian was beamed directly to sickbay and is unconscious but stable. Back on the ship, it's it's battle stations. I Boom. mean, we this is about to get tense, and this is where we really start taking off. Right, and and Shaw just naturally wants to know who is this random criminal and why are they here? And to me, this is where Shaw starts to change. He goes from screw you old man to okay look I've, I've got myself into this I've willingly you know gone along with it and so now I'm going to get into it and I liked this switch with him now he's one of them and I kind of like that Captain I suggest we get away maximum warp not yet we've engaged I want to know with who and why well I was just kind of like uh, a little annoyed because I'm just like you play cautious all this time you know, and Seven's like, we need to get the hell out of here. I'm voting for getting the hell out of here. That ship's too big. It's too menacing. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'd rather run and try to figure out who they are later. But yeah. you've already scanned the ship. You know that they're they're packing. Yeah, so why, that's what he why said. now do you want to? Why did? Why now do you want to go Star Trek on us? And you know, explore strange new ships. I just I'll tell you not, exactly it's why. It's not what I'll I want to do. Exactly, and I'll tell you exactly why that is. And, and I felt the same way, like, wait a second, Shaw is the only level-headed, non-crazy person here. But to me, Star Trek is, we take care of each other, 
and we, you know, seek out new life and new civilizations, and we don't run from a fight. We try to elevate the conversation. Good afternoon. I believe it is afternoon in Soul System. I am Captain Vagic. So they hailed the other ship, and for the first time, we meet Captain Vadic, and she oh is God. delightfully uh. awesome. Captain Liam Shaw. That's me. Given your official psychological profile with Starfleet, I'm so glad that you remained uh, functional. I love her so much. I, I kept expecting her to do the scene from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I thought she was going to spin around and do her father's cry havoc and slip the dogs of war. You know, uh, I thought that maybe she was going to pull that stunt. Right. Captain, state your business. Oh, Admiral Jean-Luc Picard in the synthetic flesh. Just her whole demeanor uh, is so great. Now, I will say this. I was disappointed because in the trailers... It seemed as though she was coming after Jean-Luc, but it, it turns out that's not the case. No, no. She's clearly after, you know, Jack Crusher. Yeah. And it, it, it's a trip. You know, she seems to know everything about everybody. She knows about Captain Shaw. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. Teases him. Yeah, uh, totally. She greets Picard and knows about his synthetic body. And I'm yeah. just like, how does she have all this information? That's not a good thing. Well, you, I think we both know how she has the information. There's somebody behind her. I don't think she's the main uh, uh, evildoer. I think she's being, for lack of a better word, funded by someone else. And I think you and I both know who that is. Who is it? Lore. Ah, that's right. I keep forgetting about that crazy dude. Lore is doing this whole... I think he's behind this whole thing. I think she's a puppet. Okay. We'll enter that into the log and we'll call it back up when that time comes. Okay. So, Vatic, you know, Vatic is playing with them. She knows that she has the advantage. She lowers her shields so they can see all their weapons. Oh, the weapon, weaponry that they possess. They're running down the count and it's just like, okay. He's like, I, I got it. Yeah, yep. yeah yep. I got it. We're, we're, we can get wiped out. Yeah. And she gives him one hour to make a decision to turn over Jack, which and, oh. is excruciating for well, the crew. Because Khan gave Kirk one minute, and she gives one hour. And what she does next is one of the sexiest, most awesome things I've ever seen in Star Trek. Enjoy this parting demonstration of my intentions. Shields up! Evasive maneuvers! What did she just do? She threw a ship at us, sir. She puts the tractor beam on the Helios and slingshots it into the Titan, which is one of the most incredible ideas and things I've ever seen. It was incredible. Yep. So, you know, Captain Shaw starts running the numbers on how screwed they are. And yeah. the captain, re you know, reads all reads the intel about yeah. Jack Crusher. So right. clearly there's a rap sheet on this dude. He's he's Jack this. He's John this. He's got all these aliases. And I start thinking, wait, maybe he's not Beverly Crusher's son because she hasn't said a word yet. She's been out since we started this episode. Who I am doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it most certainly does. This is no longer about Beverly only. This is also about you. 
so Riker and Picard go to talk to Jack. And, um, you know, you know, Jack doesn't have a clue about Vatic. He doesn't know who Vatic is. So there you go once again. We're getting an understanding that multiple people want Jack for some odd reason. And, you know, he's not, it's, it's not just Jack against one person. A lot of people have a beef, you know, I, you know and I'm wondering, I'm wanting to know what Jack and Beverly have done to cause all this. I just, I, I again, I'm, I, I don't want to ruin it for you or for listeners, but I really feel like they're bait. I feel like Lore is going after Picard, and that's the ultimate prize, and he's using them. That's why they were being hunted. I could be wrong. There's something bigger afoot here than just Vatic, I think. <laughs> The bounty hunter's claims are valid. We are harboring an intergalactic fugitive. So it appears Jack is an intergalactic con man. He is. He's, 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 his feelings are to turn Jack over when the hour's up. And so Seven once again tries to peel the Shaw, um, but it, you know, because it's clear that if we turn Jack over, he's probably going to get killed. Um, but Shaw turns right around, gets her to face, and releases her of duty. Sir, as a former Fenris Ranger, I've had many interactions with bounty hunters. That ship is clearly And not. you. You are no better. Helping them commandeer my shuttle, persuading me to engage with a hostile entity outside of Federation space. You are relieved of duty for insubordination. I, I love the waves that Shaw goes through. You're, you're all crazy. I don't like you. Oh, shoot. I got to do this. Okay, I'll stand up because it's Starfleet, but you messed up, so I'm going to relieve you of duty. It seems to me like Shaw is the kind of guy that stands outside of the craziness of the TNG crew and says, actually, this is how I would do it. <laughs> you know, TNG is always pushing the envelope. Shaw is just kind of like, no, I don't push the envelope. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a just, I'm, I, I play by the numbers. I'm the straight lace guy. I'll step outside the line if I absolutely have to, but it's not, it's, it's not something I'm going to lean into. <laughs> Why are you dancing around this? Around what? Are you serious? Are you not seeing what I'm seeing? Do the math, Jean-Luc. Well, don't speculate. We meet up with Picard and Riker. They're sitting alone. Another wonderful moment. And essentially, Riker's just like, listen, can we just, <laughs> can we just talk about what I see? Do you see what I see? Do the uh, math, John. Do the do the math. He says, "Yeah, exactly. do the math." That's so funny. I have a great affinity for virtuosos, but it seems that your instrument is deception, thievery. Wow, that's a hell of an opener. Yep. I so we we I, go we go to we go to Picard in the brig with Jack, and yeah. you know Jack is real flip about all of his aliases. Yeah, because he's like, this is what I had to do to survive, you know? Is yeah, he good or is he bad? We don't know. We don't know. We, yeah, we don't know. And, you know, Jack justifies his actions. And Picard insists that Beverly would never condone the the kind of behavior that yeah. has been a, a matter of record now. And, and Jack makes it very, very clear that Beverly has been an equal partner. Which I have to tell you threw me for a loop. Threw me. Picard, Picard is still not buying it. And, and Jack makes a very good point. You know, he said, is there anyone you know who's the same person you knew? 
which is what ex- which is what Patrick Stewart has said in all his interviews as to why he came back to do this three years ago. He said, I realized that not only had 25 years gone by for me, but they have so gone by for the characters. And wouldn't it be interesting to revisit those characters because they wouldn't be the same? Who is your father? I never had one. If handing me over to Vadik buys my mother a future, then so be it. And so Jack basically says that he'll give himself up. He'll turn himself in to save yeah. his mother. Yeah, he will. And then yep. Picard, Picard, who's your dad? I don't know. I never knew. And which means to me, I never cared. Stepping over junkies is one hell of a way to conceal a drug den. We'll not open the strangers. Move on. Sneed's expecting me. So we go back to Rafi, and she's going to go meet with the Ferengi Sneed. I'm still laughing at this name, Sneed. Well, what's interesting about Sneed is that he's been around the block. He's a smart guy. And he can. He literally says, I can smell Starfleet on you. And we know that's true. And she's trying to hide it. But he's just like, you know what? I've been around the block way too many times. I was so impressed by the way this guy played this character that it actually made me forget that he was a Ferengi who I hate. Word on the street is you brokered a deal for stolen portal tech for a Romulan named Toluco. I heard he went underground. But see, we both know he didn't push that button because I work for Toluco. Rafi gets into this conversation and she basically says that the guy that was pinned to have done uh, the attack um, at Starfleet. Toluco, yeah. Uh, Toluco, yeah. D- you know, didn't commit the attack. And she's like, and he's like, well, how do you know this? Because I worked for him. He didn't do it. This is how well Michelle Hurd plays this in the scene is we can see that she's bluffing and he can see that she's bluffing. And then he tests her. He goes, okay, if you're not Starfleet, you know, take this drug. And what does she do? She takes it. She has given up her son to save millions. What does she have left to live for? Go ahead, do the drugs. It's good, isn't it? I named it Splinter because it feels like you're being ripped apart and then pulled back together again and again. Now Ravi's compromised because she is is screwed. And Ravi still insists that she works for Toluco. Yeah. But Sneed one-ups her and is saying, you're lying, and then turns around <laughs> and has Toluco's head. It's so Game of Thrones. It just slams it on the table and it's just like, oh my God. Do you really think I wouldn't tie up my loose ends or risk my goddamn reputation selling out the big fish? But I will take your money and they'll take your head. And so his men step in and what happens then, Anthony? All of a sudden these guys are about to step in on her. And then I see a blade come through this person's chest and a can of whoop-ass has been unleashed. Not just any blade, Anthony. It was a very curved, specialized blade. It is a battle Oh, my God. And even though we see shades of this person attacking, just like Christopher Nolan did in Batman, Batman Begins, in 2005, we barely see the attacker. It was a really brilliant way to do it. But eventually, we know... It's Worf. Oh, my God. He looks so tough. And he's got his gray hair. And I love Worf. 
told you, do not engage. And he's just like, I told you to disengage. And he's the handler. Yes, he is the handler. And he just comes in in badass fashion. That was a perfect way to bring Worf in. And yeah. I love how you know how this whole exchange has happened. He's the handler. The warnings that he's been giving her yeah. uh, basically speaks of restraint, which was the opposite of who he was in the right. beginning of TNG. Right. Oh, totally. And the other thing is, during that handler thing, I was thinking, well, they haven't introduced any other TNG characters. What if the handler's one of the Star Trek TNG characters? And literally, Worf was the last person I thought it would be. So I'm just like, okay, there are both Starfleet intelligence officers. Are they uh-huh. both Section 31? Is that what this is? We don't know. We'll find out. Oh, wait, Starfleet. What's the power level of this force field? Level 10. Standard issue. Thank you kindly. So we zip back to the Titan. Jack is resourceful as he is, breaks out, breaks out of the brig. And you would expect him to do that simply because he's this guy who's this, he's edgy. He's, he, he's had all these aliases. Of course he's probably figured out some way to break out of brigs because that's what edgy folks like him most likely do. Right. How's Beverly? Arterial wounds. We located the internal trauma, stopped the bleeding. She'll be all right. How sedated is she? Heavily. Now, meanwhile, Riker's gone to sickbay because this whole situation is getting out of hand. They're running out of time. We need some answers. So we're, what are we going to do? We're going to wake up Beverly. Which I thought was so... I didn't see that coming either. I I almost forgotten Beverly was there. I love that Riker did that. The nurses are like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, what I have to. It was great. It's been centuries since timepieces last ran on the mechanics of gears, and yet that persistent sound you hear is the gentle tick-tock of passing seconds. We go back to the bridge, and so 15 yeah. minutes before time is up, you know, Vatic, you know, ratches up the intimidation game. So she pops yeah. back on, and she creepily reveals the name of her ship. And she says it's it's like a earth bird that strikes strategically, and she is, like, really stretching the intensity out on this. I will, I will peck, and I will poke, and I will tear apart the elements of your ship that matter to you most. It's really... Intense. I love this character, and we don't even know why she's doing it yet. So she's basically telegraphing the fact that I'm about to administer some serious pain. All right, enough. Let's turn him over. Sir, there's been a security breach on deck 12. For Shaw, that was enough. He said, I'm going to turn this yeah, kid, that's it. kid I'm good. over. Jack's out. <laughs> <laughs> Did we find out that Jack's broken out of the brig? Because Seven is in the transporter, she's she's confronted Jack, who's standing there, and they're in a you know Mexican standoff. She's basically realizing that Jack is trying to beam himself onto yeah. the onto Vatic's ship. He's gonna do what he needs to do. To He's gonna save his mother. his mother without a doubt. And and Charles like, great, save me a lot of hell. Go ahead. Clear, Constance Picard. Whoever this kid may be, he's not worth the lives of my crew. One minute to go. I'm giving the order. Yep. Then back on the bridge, Riker escorts in Beverly. A weakened, very weakened Beverly. A very weakened Beverly. And I thought this was a brilliant, brilliant 
part of the scene because there were no words. It was all based on looks. So, so they walk in and Beverly and Picard lock eyes and Picard's look is, listen, I got to know, is this my son? So Beverly's looking at Picard and then she breaks eye contact, looking downward as if in shame, like I've kept this secret from you. Yes, I did do this. Right, which Picard immediately realizes is, oh my God, this is my son. It's true. Yep. And then Beverly's looking back as if to say, yes. Yes. And then Picard closes his eyes for a moment and says, I have a son. And and not just that, but everything I decide in this moment has changed because I now have a family. Asmar. Unlock the transporters. Delay that. Admiral's orders. Lock it down. Shuttles. Transporters. The boy stays here. You are going to get us all killed. Why are you doing this? Because he's my son. And then, like a father and a boss, Picard takes control. Jean-Luc Boom. Picard is back to full strength. He is the man, just the man that we always knew. And Shaw gets in line because retired or not, Jean-Luc Picard is the man. And I love that moment. It was just brilliant. And this is only episode two. So now that we've made this decision, you know what's coming. Vatic is going <laughs> to try to wipe this ship out. So yeah. Creepy Vatic wants to know what Sean Luke's answer. Oh, she and... knows what it is. She knows what it is. How very precise with your timing, Jean-Luc Picard. And your answer. Engage! <laughs> Picard's like, my answer? Engage. Let's get the hell out of here. Just awesome. So Titan shoots a couple of shots and then flies right into the nebula, a la Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. Yep. But this is no problem. I Like you said, I, I think I agree with you that Vatic, you know, was expecting this. She laughed. probably wanted, wanted I think she this. did. Yep, for sure. Yep. They're looking for a fight. They have to find this first. She's all about the chase. There's something else going on here. I don't think she's the main bully here. She's for hire. She's a mercenary. Somebody else is pulling these strings. I believe we're going to find out who. Great cliffhanger. Loved it. Episode two of Picard was was just full of great moments. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But there was definitely some that deserve some recognition. So let's take a look at those. I told you, do not engage. All right, so my top moment was Worf. I've been waiting for this. I wanted to know how he was going to come into play, and I've just... I'm just stoked at the fact that he is part of Starfleet Intelligence, maybe Section 31, but he comes in in bold fashion, kicking ass, as he has always kicked ass. Thank you, Mr. Worf. Yeah, he's he's eternal. I agree. Good afternoon. I believe it is afternoon in Soul System. I am Captain Vadik. 
Uh, my number one moment was getting to know Vatic and letting her shine on screen as a very un-evil, evil person. Uh, I, I don't ever believe that evil people believe that they're evil. And she's sitting in her chair, chuckling, smoking a cigar, and having a great time toying with these folks like a cat, knowing how much power she has. And I really enjoyed that. Man, Steve, this was fan-freaking-tastic. So great. And you know every episode is going to be great. They're not messing around. This is the last season of The Next Generation. They're not going to disappoint us. I can't wait for the next eight episodes. Uh, Anthony, one quick piece of business here. My uh, brand new novel, The Mindset Chronicles, book one, The Deletion, a sci-fi novel, uh, drops March 21st, 2023. Go to com, and please check out uh, that book and you can sign up for some cool stuff that will be on my uh, email list and uh, the link to stevetruitt.com will be in uh, this website energizepodcast.com that concludes this episode of Energize the Star Trek Picard edition for more go to our website www.energizepodcasts with an s.com thanks for listening I'm Anthony McLemore I'm Steve Truitt live long and prosper <laughs>